need to quit calling them hoes. Man, check the call ID and see who this is. And oh, that's the rich girls, man. Oh, the bookhead girls. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Second, second chance. Second chance. Now give me the phone right. and let me show you how to right. Deep voice, deep voice, deep okay. voice. What up? What up? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Second Viewings. I am your host, as always, Gully Johnson, and I am joined with my lovely co-host, Kat. Hi. Hi, Kat. So today, we decided to do a second viewing of a classic film. But just in case you are not very acclimated with what we do here, during this podcast, Kat and I sit down and we watch a movie that one of us hasn't seen in a long time, and the other one hasn't seen at all. And then we discuss that film, and... At the end, we decide, or sometimes disagree, if this movie deserves a second viewing in the future. So with that being said, we did go back and visit a classic Christmas movie. Christmas. Yes. Now, I know what you're thinking. is probably It's a Wonderful Life. It's not. Oh, that's what I thought. No. You watched the film, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you might be thinking, hey, maybe it's Elf. It's not? It's not. Oh. Have you seen Elf? I've, of course I've seen Elf. Okay, then, yeah, we're not going to do an Elf episode then. If that's what you guys are here for. Yes, then get the fuck out. <laughs> get out. Get off my podcast, you fucks. It's my impression of someone who doesn't know how podcasts work. <laughs> um, get off my fucking pod air. <laughs> uh, no, the movie that we did, which is my favorite Christmas movie of all time, is Die Hard, mm. the 1988 classic starring Bruce Willis. And so this was... And Alan Rickman. And Alan I think Rickman. he's a star yeah. in oh, this yeah. movie. Yeah. They're co-stars, yeah. you could say, because yeah, yeah. they both get the same amount of airtime. And their personalities are just as big during this movie. So tell me, this was your first viewing of Die Hard. Yeah. So what have you been watching every Christmas that made you miss this film? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like reruns of Elf and... Home Alone. Yeah, sometimes Home Alone. Sometimes, you know, like movies on the Women's Network. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Great Christmas tradition of loneliness. Yeah. So, <laughs> so tell me, what did you think yeah. of Die Hard? Oh, it was, obviously I'm going to watch it again. Oh, oh why yeah. did you just jump to the conclusion? Yeah. <laughs> this, oh, no, one's, no one's gonna fucking bother <laughs> listening to it. Yeah, we do we do that shit at the end. But if I say I love uh, it already, then it's gonna defeat the purpose. Goddamn cat, this is the third episode. <laughs> okay, you think cut, you would have caught on? No, cut I'm not gonna <laughs> shit. That's it, that's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> fucking work my ass off editing this shit oh. and just talk all the shit you want and you can't just say cut like that, alright? <laughs> why? I should have a rave in this podcast. <laughs> alright. <laughs> okay, yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay. I had a lot of fun. It what, was did, great. what did you like about it? I liked the action. I liked the suspense. I liked that it was in an isolated area. It was my favorite kinds of movies. Yes, of yeah. course. Now, it's it's crazy because so far we've done three episodes. They've all been action adventure yeah, films, they have. Yeah. right? Clearly, I'm not well versed in those. Well, these are the movies that I've introduced. You yeah. know, I'm sure we'll get to the movies that you're gonna do. All the the Lifetime Women's yeah. Channel movies. <laughs> we'll get to those as well. But for the time being, we're we're really going through the gauntlet of, of great action films. Once again, this last week we did Aliens and this is Die Hard. Now that these are two years apart. 
And I feel like this movie is just an absolute standout in terms of the, the canon of great action films yeah. goes. It's, I mean, there's a reason why it got four sequels. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so there, there must have been something done right. So for you, uh, what was done right here? Uh, I think the action paired well with the amount of comedy that was thrown in the movie. Of course, yeah. It balanced out very well, and it, it was not trying too hard to be funny. And not too hard to be uh, like a very scary adventure action movie, if that makes sense. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was very lighthearted. Despite the fact that there's a lot of danger in it. Yeah. But it's yeah. There's a lot of, lot of you know, bloodshed, a yeah. lot of violence in it. But even like the characters don't take it that seriously, which I think reflects then how the viewer is supposed to... Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's not... I mean, the relationship between John McClane and Hans Gruber is very playful. Yes. It's like a cat and mouse game. They yeah. both they, they realize each other as equals, and that's why it's he makes for such a great villain and such a great villain and hero duo, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I mean, they, one of them doesn't think the other one is stupid. Usually villains do that. They yeah, think they're they super never... maximized and understate the the other person's ability the hero's ability and vice versa the hero is usually like yeah i can kill anybody so and then they fall into some sort of trap set up by the villain so this was a very very good it's a good healthy relationship yeah i like that yeah yeah you're right a good good equal match exactly (laughs) yeah it was very fun to watch the the dynamic between the two characters and like i said the the reason why this action film is so good and as you mentioned it is the the comedy in it it's when you watch older movies like this right movies from the 80s or even the super action films like Jean-Claude Van Damme films and Schwarzenegger films no matter how great the action is you end up laughing at the movie a lot right when it's when it does silly things like during training montages and shit like that reactions that characters have to things that are exactly almost too much or right or their clothing choice of words things like that yeah but with Die Hard I find myself laughing more with the movie than at the yeah, movie right I so i laugh at the times or the parts where it's supposed to be funny exactly. as opposed to just random parts of you know different characters or the clothing they're wearing although, yeah although, <laughs> although. <laughs> some of the characters in the clothing were fucking hilarious yeah yeah no the, the whole yeah the whole wardrobe for this for this movie was great that's the thing i don't think the wardrobe was that outdated like the terrorists were the main focus of of the film i mean john well, mcclain is just he just has a wife beater on yeah and then he's shirtless for the like second a, half a, of the movie yeah, a very classic and notable look nowadays right exactly yeah. yeah that's how i dress every day yes yeah the villains like they're they don't look that bad like i mean alan well, rickman I looks mean, fucking oh yeah, good. No, he, yeah looks good. he looks amazing and the villains are just wearing generic like you know oh well i mean generic yeah, clothing i guess there's some there's some now questionable that, shirts involved, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some billowing blouses. I mean, they're not gonna wear their best clothes when they're coming on some fucking heist, you know? They're yeah. probably wearing their My work question, clothes. My question though, yeah. they're on a heist. None of them thought to maybe tie their hair back, their long Swedish, oh, not Swedish, some German hair back. Yeah, why would they? It's all over the place. It's part of like the look, the look that yeah. they're going the for. Yeah. They're trying to give up yeah they're europeans which is oh like yeah you're right such a big othering in this movie yeah. it's just like i can handle this euro I know, trash yeah i yeah. know but these yeah euro trash yeah exactly <laughs> that, that term is used yeah that's offensive in 2016 you can't call people i think this trash. movie has a lot of dichotomies to it or a lot of like pitting certain people against each other 
You have like the Americans and then the Europeans. You have East Coast, which is versus West Coast. Right. You have men in the workforce versus women in the workforce. Okay, so with that, with those being said, let's let's dissect some of them. Okay. So, I I thought the the East Coast versus West Coast thing was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Because here is one New York cop taking on all these terrorists. Meanwhile, there, and the, yeah, they, there's so much incompetence from the yes, LAPD none of them know force. what they're yeah. doing, and they're all... Yeah, there's the one lady that's, all, like, in yeah. charge of the emergency channel. Yeah. This guy's like, mayday, mayday. She's like, sir, Hang up please. and call 911, yeah, please. Get... <laughs> hang up your walkie-talkie yeah, exactly. that you only have access to. Yeah, and walk to a police station. Yeah. <laughs> this is for emergencies. Not some is this cra- an emergency, not yeah. a crank call? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not fucking ordering some yeah. pizza. That's good. That's yeah. that's the reaction that we had, right? So it's very, For, very genuine. With the human. deputy police, yeah. he he doesn't take any of it seriously. He doesn't think no weight or gravity to the situation at all. Yeah. Except for the fact that he wants to impress the FBI agents mm-hmm. and Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson. Yes. Little Johnson, Big Johnson. Little Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's one thing I've noticed a lot about the police force and and then versus. Uh, John, John McLean. McLean yeah. yeah, it's just him versus all of them. At, at, at one point, they're in the helicopter and they're gonna go get the hostages from the roofs. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, just fucking fire on them. Maybe we'll lose like twenty percent. Twenty percent. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can first live of all, with that. Yeah, yeah. Where did you get that number? Yeah. <laughs> just pull they that always out of his aim to kill about twenty percent yeah. when they. Do. And he's like, that's fucking fine, but our main main goal yeah. is to kill these hot, uh, terrorists. Terrorist. And I can live in, if some of them die. That are in this locked-in building. Like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. But let's fucking kill them yeah. first before we do anything else. And then when John McClane is on the roof, yeah. they start shooting at them. And I get it. They might think he's a terrorist. But they just take him as their new project. Now they're just after this yeah. one guy. Fuck this Forget guy. everyone else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should we get the guys with the long hair? No. The <laughs> guy with the shirt off. I need that guy dead. Yeah. And they fucking suck. Like... He's, it's just him by himself on the roof, yeah. and they miss him completely. Yes. Like, what were they planning to do if there were terrorists up there? They were going to fuck up completely. Just explode. Yeah, exactly. As they did. <laughs> it's true. And with the East Coast, West Coast thing, like, there's one part where at the beginning he's in the airport, and some girl just goes and hugs her boyfriend, and he's like, California. Yeah, he said that twice <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and the other time is when, when that guy in the party who's drunk comes and kisses him yeah. on the cheek. Yeah, These faggots, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> I don't understand yeah, how so that's... He's a hard the... New York cop. Yeah, he's but like... tough... I would say there are a lot of like, you know, gay people in <laughs> New York. <laughs> no, not in the police force at all. Exactly. They're all straight heart <laughs> shooters. Bruce Willis's. Yeah. And Bruce Willis, he looks fucking good in this Yeah, movie. I was going to ask you, do you think Bruce Willis is hot? <laughs> I think he's hot and sexy, oh, yeah. and a leading man? He is yeah. definitely a leading man. I mean... At the time of this movie, he he got an unprecedented amount of money for this movie. And he was kind of like a nobody yeah. at this point. Yeah. This and is it, what made him, I think, as yeah, an action star, right? For sure. This, they gave him $5 million for this movie, which, which in 1988 money, I mean, I was born then. Yeah. And trust so, me, I know. So you know yeah, money. Yeah, exactly. When it comes to 1988 finances, I know my shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lot of money for, for that era. So it's incredible that they saw this potential, not in, only in the movie, but in the star-making power of Bruce Willis and his performance. He, and, well, he delivered. He delivered that $5 million they were looking for. It's true. Now, I'm sure it was bound to come up, but I'll segue you into it. Sure. How ironic is it that 
the only person with same hair situation is Bruce, is Willis. Bruce Willis in 1988 who, exactly yeah. who is like bald now yeah. is, has been bald for a long time yeah I've only known him as bald I've never seen him with hair oh you're so young I know <laughs> I know I came into the world when he was bald yeah. already yeah. <laughs> you only know a world where Bruce Willis is no hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah he's got he's got good hair situation good, yeah but everybody else oh. fucked up everybody else fucked up yeah quite hard I've I don't met- even want to go into it because there's too many questionable hair choices in this movie my favorite one is the original security guard that's at the desk and he's got this crazy fucking haircut and then they come and replace him with one of the terrorists and he's got the same haircut but in blonde they planned it out (laughs) they were scoping out the area saw the haircut they're like we need to match this haircut this is the most important part of the plan (laughs) (laughs) you have to blow dry your hair just like the old security guard that's incredible my favorite was the pregnant lady yeah, her hair she, was all she had a flock of seagulls thing going on, yeah, right? which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but also the wife, was her name Holly, Molly, Holly, Holly Gennaro McLean. Yeah, yeah, her hair was kind of out of control. Yeah, that's it, it's it's crazy. They don't really get into the backstory of their whole thing. I mean, there's some mention of it at the beginning. That's what I find interesting as well. Yeah. That um, that plot line of her leaving to pursue a better job in California, him thinking she's not going to succeed at it. And let it, well, which is what is extrapolated from Argyle saying that, you know, yeah, that, he thought, yeah that he thought that John McClane assumed that she wasn't going to make it and that she was going to come crawling back to him in New York. Yes. And in a way, this movie kind of verifies that, that she went to work here and she was in a hostage situation where people could have died if her husband wasn't there to protect her. Yep, that's yeah. true. Which I find a little... Troubling. I think it ties into to a whole message uh, that the, the movie was going for uh, with their relationship. I mean, at the, the very end, I mean, maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm going to since we're on the topic anyway. Yeah. At the very end where the destruction of the building happens, it's all these fucking papers are flying everywhere, like intact. Right. Right? And the very thing that kills Hans Gruber is is when he releases the Rolex that she got from the company. Yes. And the reason that John McClane said that he's staying in New York is he's like, oh, I got a lot of paperwork to put a lot of guys away back in New York, which yeah. is kind of like a facetious thing. Like, yeah. Like he's staying, he's leaving his family just to do paperwork. Yeah. So it's to say that like these people are tied to their careers that they lose sight of what is actually important to them. And it's only something like this that can bring them together. And it makes all that world crumble down. I and fall so. apart. And but it again, it victimizes the woman in the workforce, which I found very... That, like, that's a common theme for the whole thing, is that Holly is in this job now that she left her husband, her powerful, strong husband, to do, and she gets in a terrible situation where she could have threatened her life and a lot of and other people's lives could have threatened. And then you have those responders, those female responders, uh, on the other line. You're right, right. Yeah. Incompetent. Completely incompetent. Just don't give a shit. Don't care. And then... Uh, at the end, where Sergeant Al Powell... Okay, we'll just call him Carl Winslow from no, Family Matters. No. Okay, the, him. Yeah, Carl Winslow. Okay. Well, Sergeant Carl Winslow... Right. ...is talking about his wife with John McClane, asking if he has kids and their that status. And sure. he says, no, my wife is working on our first one. Like, this yeah. whole idea that women are working for men... Yep. Yeah, I think that's that was a theme perpetuated throughout the whole movie. I see it. Yeah, yeah. for for sure. I mean, it, when it comes to John McClane alone, I can't really speak on the other 
on the other situations but it well, seems like so. <laughs> yeah well that's what we have here yeah. <laughs> otherwise i'd be sitting here yeah. just spewing sexist shit exactly i'm here to check you yes thank you i was about to wreck it so <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much but when it comes to john mcclain i would say that he's a character that truly does dislike himself because not only has he distanced himself from his wife but also his family and that's why when when he thinks he's about to die he he checks in with mm-hmm. uh with carl winslow and he's sergeant go, sergeant sorry sergeant winslow and he goes you know tell her i'm sorry i i must have said i love you mm-hmm. a million times but i've never said that i was sorry and like it's his realization really that no i think it shows his character like he's stubborn he doesn't want to admit defeat he doesn't want to stop and that is reflected in his right. relationship with his wife and good look where it got right. him exactly he that's what i'm saying fucked, that's yeah, what i'm he's... saying like that stubbornness served everyone well of course yes. that's what i mean you know what i mean like him yeah. not being able to apologize is what saved the day at the end of the day yes that's how i saw it at least yeah well as even... a raging feminist yes i can tell <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're sitting here in your no fucking, bra. Yeah, no bra. Burned in the backyard. Right, yeah, which my neighbors are really upset about. That. I had an awful smell. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what was, yeah, because you had like a hemp it's bra. It's all hemp, yeah. Yeah, hemp. hemp bra, you fucking feminist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on from this before we lose more people. Okay. okay, so let's go through a few of the plot points of the film that really stood out to me. Because, okay. I mean, this movie has so much personality from the very very beginning of the movie until the very end so many memorable things happen yeah. right the very first thing that stands out to you is the plane scene i mean this is clearly a pre 9-11 america yeah. where he not only carries a gun on the plane but he also has a gigantic fucking teddy bear in his over yes, yeah and no one questions it no, no one looks twice don't worry about it no one checked this thing yeah, yeah. and no one al- checked him for his weapon yeah also he had a lighter on him did he? I don't remember Yeah, because he lights up a cigarette as soon as he gets off the plane. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing yeah. that definitely stood out to me. The other thing is, the way this movie is set up, it's very similar to a video game. I think this was like oh. one of the first video game action movies that were that were portrayed. I mean, it went on to, to make much more of them. The Terminator movies are very similar to that as well. Whereas, he's just a man... And he starts off not knowing anything, and he just has the one pistol on him, right? And then he kills the first guy, and he takes his ammunition and gun, and all of a sudden he has this one. And he moves from level to level. And he drops certain ones, picks up other ones. Exactly, he moves from level to level, and then at the very end he faces the big boss, and he's got to do like a big strategy to kill him and stuff like that. He's got to go through different missions, he's got to blow shit up. It's it's like the first video game movie, and it was that's the one thing that really stood out to me throughout the whole movie. I felt like he's just... And there's always the maiden you have to rescue at the end of it. Exactly, yes. The peach. She kind of looked like peach too. If she straightened her hair out. <laughs> yeah, and there were just a lot of funny scenes in there that I don't even know if some of them are meant, like maybe some of them were just accents, but the one scene that I remember both of us laughing at was when one of those cops who's kind of searching the perimeter of the building walks through a bush of roses and pokes himself. Yeah. And looks angrily at the roses. <laughs> Like, was that by accident or is that in the script? Like, you don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that could be in the script for all we know. I mean, I, maybe they put that in there to show the incompetence of the Possibly. LAPD. But, but it's, it's one of the most fucking hilarious scenes. And it's so, like, organic almost. Yeah, That's exactly. That's what I liked about it. He just looks so serious and he gets cut. He's like, ah, uh, what the fuck? And he looks at it angrily. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's really upset. That's such a good scene. And then, oh, we didn't talk about Harry Ellis. Harry Ellis? Which one was he? The coked up one. 
Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, he was fantastic. He, he was, was so good. Like, yeah. the sleaziest person I've ever seen. He, but he was also at the same time, so he's, like, so coked up throughout the whole yeah, fucking so film. He, he doesn't register what's going on at as all. reality yeah, at Exactly, point, you know I mean? yeah. Like, he's in his own video game in his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, at the first time where Hans Gruber comes in and he's looking for, like, the Japanese businessman, he's, like, going around, he's, like... Naming off all his credentials. Yes, exactly. Right school. And yeah. he just steps in front of him, and like Hans kind of looks at him, and he starts backing yeah. off. <laughs> like he was really intrigued by the yeah. situation. He's like, "Oh, I didn't know he did all that." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, "Mr. Takanara, did you do all this?" <laughs> I think it was Takai. So. Yeah, he's a great character. Uh, of course. And the- just the plan he devises, I think, is supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's, stupid. Yeah, and yeah. it's supposed to you putting him against. Uh, John McClane's plan and right. like just the fail, the utter failure that happens with that plan <laughs> yeah. is astonishing. Like the moment he steps into the office, you know he's gonna die. Of like, course, he's yeah. done. He's done for. But I think that's that's probably the coke talking, right? Because yeah, that's what exactly. he says. He's, he's so like, confident. I make million dollar meal- deals every day. I'm gonna take care of this. He's and he goes, that yeah. yeah. A few he's like, me and you are the same. He's just I use a fountain pen. You use machine guns. Yeah. Like, yeah but that but, makes like, it not the same the at all. That's the biggest difference yeah. of the situation. <laughs> That makes a very big and difference. And he's sitting there all cockily. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, yeah, I Cocky, got this. Don't worry. Cockily. cockily, that's a good word. I like that word. And that's that's just the kind of dude he is. Uh, another great character was the character named uh, Lu. What's his Lu. name? Liu. Like the one Asian guy that's with them. Oh, with the long hair? Yeah, he's he's so completely... I mean... Uh, Uli. Uli, yeah. Uli. Uli was the least amount of payoff we've ever gotten from the character We don't get to know ever. him as a person. We don't know if he's an asshole. We don't know what his his views are on the situation. No idea how he got in with this how did he get all on? German yeah. gang. Where did like, they find him? Everyone is blonde over six feet tall. And it's just this little Asian balding man. No, who with somehow, long hair, yeah, but he, bald at the same bald. time. <laughs> like, I don't know how he pulls that off, but he looked good. Yeah, he looks intimidating. Yeah, exactly. I, Maybe they, they use him as a decoy because he's Asian to like comfort the, Mr. Takai. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst theory I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, at least I'm trying, okay? At least I'm trying to come up with That's what I'm theory. saying, though. That he's like this crazy, mysterious character. He's like Waba Fett from Star Wars, where you just don't, he's so mysterious. And you're like, oh, some shit's going to go down with him. Like, he's going to get in some crazy martial arts battle with John uh, John McClane or something. Nothing. He just gets shot up. And he was cast. Yeah. Like, he was cast for this role. Yeah, exactly. They were like, we're looking for... Predominantly, it's it's German villains. Yes. And then they just cast this one Asian man. I mean, they, they do have feel who's played by Clarence Gilliard Jr. in the movie, and he's like the... Oh, the geek. Yeah, he's like the the geek. And he even mentions that he acknowledges the fact that he's there and he doesn't belong. Hans Gruber says, oh, can you hack through the system? He's like, oh, you didn't bring me here because I can fight or something like that. You said, like, because I can cook pancakes. Yeah, yeah, something (laughs) stupid. He does, like, a little line, but... He acknowledges the yeah. fact that he's a good hacker. That he's That's why he's there. part of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what but is this guy? What is Uli doing? Fucking Uli, like Maybe nothing. He, what does he do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he was just... Maybe he's just good company. Yeah, imagine how cool Uli yeah, is. Yeah, he's probably really cool for the... Yeah. yeah. 
he's just like a really high, and like one of the other German guys like no no trust me this guy in my spin class yeah like <laughs> Uli is the fucking shit yeah. and yeah he's like really good at hostage crisis yeah, yeah. there you go he kills that's it that's how he was in it yeah and then the other one was of course Carl Winslow who they don't mention it in the movie but has the same superpowers as Deadpool and Wolverine which is he's able to heal oh yeah yeah he's able to <laughs> heal very rapidly i mean he's goes through this insane fucking car crash, car crash being shot at he's, yeah he's shot at By and machine he comes guns. out there's just blood all over his face there's cuts and everything and some guy comes over with Wipes like him with like a paper I towel think that, was a, that was like a guy working on the set yeah cleaning up him exactly yeah <laughs> just cleans off the blood and then that's it like the no cuts, cuts are done. yeah no swelling like, he looks fucking good like yeah, he looks like better than he when he has he a started. bit of makeup on there to like stop reflective glare yes exactly <laughs> he looks incredible also he has an insane knowledge of twinkies i mean like i don't think anybody has that much knowledge about any other food source ever <laughs> i mean I, I couldn't tell you that much his wife is working on their first child I guess so. Like, she's craving a lot of Twinkies, and he's, like, no, reading he, the nutritional facts to No, make he sure. just knows that, like, in the future, his kids are going to want Twinkies, and he has to keep them away. Yeah. Except in an emergency, because you keep Twinkies in an emergency kit. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, like, is, does he know all the ingredients for fucking fruit roll-ups as well? Probably. Mm. We, did we ask him? No. I mean, this guy knows more about Twinkies than I know about myself. That'd be myself. great if fruit roll-ups were in this emergency kit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not even like there's no bandages or anything. There's just Twinkies. snacks. Yeah. Just children's snacks. There's Twinkies, cheese strings, yeah. <laughs> fruit roll-ups, <laughs> kangaroos. Dunkaroos. Dun kangaroos? <laughs> yeah, <or> kangaroo meat. <laughs> like jerky. All right, so we're going to take a little quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about Die Hard. Okay, and we're back from our breaks. So one thing I definitely want to bring up, I mean, as much as we talked about John McClane being a great hero and all, He's also, like, kind of fucking crazy. He's kind of a psychopath. This guy, he constantly talks to himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that as well. And it wasn't to move the plot along in any way. It's not like he's telling us something that we need to know that we wouldn't know otherwise. It's him just talking to himself. Yeah. And it's not even, like, the adrenaline of the situation kicking in. After he has that fight with his wife and she leaves the office... He's like looking in the mirror. He's like, yeah, real nice John, you fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking idiot. You know, right? Yeah, as he's just really, really, there's something off about him. And Well, I'm sure. Which makes me wonder maybe he's not the best husband or father. Well, that's the thing. We don't know about the relationship before this. We don't know what went down. We don't know the kind of person he is in his department in New York. Like, exactly. We don't know. I mean, he's like thrust on this situation where he can use his knowledge and physical yeah. abilities to become a hero. But it, I kind of get the sense that he's kind of a fucking creepy guy <laughs> otherwise. I mean, after he kills that first guy, which is Carl's brother. Um, oh, what was his name? Frank? Yeah. yeah. When he kills Frank, like, at first he doesn't want to kill him. He's like really hesitant he just has the gun to his head and after he kills we'll them show some humanity but then right, moving forward from that point when he kills the first guy when he chop pops his chariot he's just fucking no that's not him. true there's that other guy that he hesitated to shoot and then he's like next time you hesitate or next time you get the opportunity to shoot someone don't hesitate right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he fucking yeah. shot him what, what i'm saying is that yeah. he hesitated to shoot frank 
which showed humanity. But that right. after he killed him, what did he do? Yeah. Oh, he like put him in the elevator, tied him around the Used chair. Used blood to write a note on his sweater. Yeah, and put up like a Santa hat on him. Like that's fucking twisted. Yeah. That, that is fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, and that's the Christmas theme of, of the movie. That's what yeah, makes it a Christmas yeah. movie. Where he's like. What do you say? Now I have a machine gun. Ho, 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 ho. ho. <laughs> I'd be scared yeah. if I was Hans, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, yeah, he sees that. He's like, yeah, guys, pull out. He's yeah. like, this is... Fucking Al Bundy is yeah. in this fucking <laughs> Yeah, he's going to catch like us all. Like, he didn't expect North. this to happen. Yeah, that's something, like, if you walk... And in... also, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. this means he's done it before. Yeah, oh, he's like, real he's good at it. Like, he's done this yeah. another point with another dead body. For sure, In yeah. his past. I mean, he throws another dead body on the cop's car, too. Like, he's really good yeah. with also, using dead bodies strong. as props. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. Yeah, using like dead bodies. he far <laughs> to get on that car. Using dead bodies yeah. as props. He uses That's dead bodies like, to lift weights. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's, like, in his basement. Yeah. He's doing it. That's... <laughs> That's why he didn't want to leave New York. Yeah. <laughs> My workout equipment's here. Oh. And she's like, what Just workout bring it on the equipment? Plane. No one's gonna ask a question. Yeah. It's true, yeah. <laughs> Stress it up like a teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, but he's he's a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. That's for sure. Let's talk a little bit about Argyle. Our oh, buddy Argyle. Argyle is sick. Yeah, Argyle's yeah. good. He's yeah. like the second he's like the uh, sidekick but doesn't do anything until the end. The my favorite little tidbit about Argyle is as good a name as Argyle is, mm-hmm. the actor's name is Devereaux White. Oh, that's a yeah. good name. I mean, his name has an apostrophe and an X in it. Oh, that's yeah. a good it's name. It's D-E apostrophe V-O-R-E-A-U-X White. Yeah, they like we have to match that in his character? Yeah, exactly. And they were like, all right, Mr. White, we got a crazy character for you to play. His name is Argyle. And he's like, I'm in. He's like, oh, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's he's great, and he shows a lot of heroism oh, at yeah. the end. Yeah. Well, the fact that I don't know how the setup was made, but he didn't leave when he heard about what was going on. Exactly. He, I, just, he tried. Did he? You remember he was trying to leave, and they locked down all the garage oh, doors. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he tried yeah. to leave, and and he couldn't. Yeah. Where he's but like, all right, so I'm just gonna chill here. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, it sh- he was waiting for John to give him a call and say everything's good, so he just waited. Exactly. That's cool. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of Uber driver that yeah. I want in my life. Yeah. That's a five-star performance uh, right there. I yeah, like that. Yeah, and he kicked ass at the end. Of course. Now, there's a lot of mention in this movie, and the movie is very self-aware of, of its use of violence. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they're constantly making reference. I mean, supposedly, the story takes place in the real world because they make reference to John Wayne, Gary Cooper, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Rambo, all that stuff, right? So I think the othering of... Grace the Kelly. European, yes, Grace, <laughs> Grace Kelly should be mentioned in every movie. <laughs> the othering of the Europeans versus the Americans. Yeah, it's because of the Grace Kelly scene as well, right? Of he course, met someone yeah. else and he said Grace Kelly instead. Who yeah. Mean? Who did he? In a John Wayne movie. Um, He's like, John Wayne's not going to walk up into the sunset with Grace Kelly. Right, He's just yeah. showing this European sense of, like, mixing up these American heroes. Exactly, and he's like, yeah. yeah, that was actually Gary Cooper, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like how he always adds motherfucker yeah. when he's talking to Hans Gruber. Yeah. It's natural, but also has, like, a sharp clink to it. And also, you don't hear the Europeans cursing too much. That's true. It's mainly him calling them motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Although he did curse at the end. When he said, Yipkai Madahaka. Yeah, but, but he's just, he's echoing <laughs> yeah. him. It's yeah. almost like, this, like a, yeah. this violence that they show is like, 
they do it because they're in America or something like it's weird. I get, like, it's like a farce or a caricature of like American behavior. Is American, them, yeah, yeah. And what ends up being the the rescuing point is that action hero mentality, right? He says you've been watching too many action films. Yeah. And he's John John McClane's supposed to represent the everyday man, like he's he's fit, he's but to be like he's John Wayne. What's that? John Wayne was not an everyday man. Yeah, that, <laughs> no, but their names are John. Right, yeah, right? there you go. And it's a very American, like, white man name. Of John, course. Right? And it's very similar to the director's name. Oh, is it? What's yeah. the director's name? director's name is John... McTiernan. Yeah, yeah. John McTiernan. Okay, yeah. well, we know. <laughs> yeah. Now he's, we know. Exactly, he's trying to live this uh, fantasy of... Which is, yeah. ...of this action hero, but... Who's a dad and, like, a city cop... Yeah. And like a regular dude, but also like super crazy. Yeah, he's just, like I said, thrust into the situation yeah. to where he can be it. an action yeah. hero. I mean, he didn't we, cause it. Right, yeah. exactly. He's, he's never meet his annoying wife, but who he loves anyway. And he just does all this heroic shit. And he's not necessarily really good at what he does. Like, I mean, when he's shooting people, he misses a lot. And when he jumps off buildings or plants bombs and shit, they're very uncalculated and just kind of gets lucky. Which in the, is very similar to, to another film that we watch, which is Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar character. Who he's, he's supposed to be an everyday man, that he's not someone who's like super but, jacked or super the, skilled in, in, right. and trained in what he does. Yeah. But he just does shit and gets away with it all the time. Yeah. So. However, the difference between uh, Indiana Jones and John McClane is that yeah. Indiana Jones is a professor and John McClane yeah. is a cop. Yes, like, exactly. Do you know what I mean? It makes a little bit more sense. And I think that... That also plays into the violence used in this movie. It's very realistic and targeted towards his weaknesses. Like, the fact that he doesn't have shoes on. They decide to shoot the glass. And it's not meant to be this, like, spectacle. It's meant to actually serve a purpose. Like, and actually weaken him. Yeah, it's not meant to be this whole spectacle of of just shattering glass and gunfire. And, yeah, it's meant to actually serve something and show, at the end, how tough he actually is. Yeah. And I love a little tidbit of trivia about this movie. That... When they were shooting those scenes, they gave him shoes that looked like his feet, <laughs> yeah. so he can walk on the glass. <laughs> and I want shoes like that so fucking bad. I'm sure you can get them. You think yeah. so? I mean, you can get those those toe shoes. shoes yeah. yeah, the toe shoes. No, that's not what I want. You I want, want like regular colored. shoes that just look like feet. Oh. Yeah, that look like my oh, feet. Oh, so they're just regular shoes that they put on him. I thought they were like yeah. feet formed shoes. No, no, no. Oh. They're just like like dress shoes. Oh. <laughs> like sneakers. What? But Why yeah. Why they just mold his feet into rubber skin? I don't know. I guess it was easier to do this. I guess yeah. so, yeah. They just gave him like a pair of like low-cut vans wow. and just painted it Crazy. to look like his his feet, which is incredible. There's a lot of good trivia when it comes to this movie. Yeah. One of my favorite ones is the fact that anytime you see Alan Rickman around guns, <laughs> it they, it's a cutaway. They don't actually show him shooting any shooting the guns. And the reason is because Alan Rickman used to flinch and wince every time he heard the gunshot <laughs> or saw the flash of the guns, which is so incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's such a gentle so soul. Yeah. It's, it's so adorable. I mean, he's... Made to play one of the greatest villains of all time in Hans Gruber. But in reality, yeah. he's like this like very relaxed, calm man who exactly. <laughs> doesn't I, like violence. I mean, like as you mentioned too in the movie, the name Hans Gruber is one that transcends yeah. this movie. You have I heard... just knew that name, but I didn't know who it was related to. 
didn't know Alan Rickman was involved. Yeah, the first time you saw Alan Rickman on screen, you got so fucking pumped. Oh, I was so excited. And it's a good reveal, too, because, like, they're all coming out of the truck one by one, the terrorists, and then he just comes out of nowhere. Mr. Rickman comes out. Yeah, looking like Billy Bob Thornton. (laughs) And (laughs) Edward Norton at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good look. Another thing that was interesting, and this goes back to the Alan Rickman you know, flinching thing. They use super loud blanks to to shoot the gun scenes in this movie. And supposedly the the scene where Bruce Willis is under the table and he shoots the guy at the top of the table. Well, I thought it was the scene where they're shooting through the glass windows. No, no, no. The one where he's under the table and he shoots the guy that's on top of the table. The, The fake prop gun was too close to him and he has like permanent... Hearing, hearing loss due to that scene blanks, yeah. Right? yeah i mean that kind of explains I mean, the five million that he got yeah. paid yeah and it, it was worth it i mean look at the, the payoff the payoff and the career that he got yeah. out of it yeah but now you can't hear that well you can't hear that well he has no hair he's still a cool guy though is he i'd hang out he was with on him. friends he was on friends yeah. that's like the top of your career Maybe that's how you know you've made it yeah, yeah. you're on friends uh, paul rudd brad pitt their careers would have been nothing without Sean friends. Sean Penn. Sean Penn, yeah. <laughs> career would have been nothing. Exactly. There would have been a bunch of nobodies. Brad who? <laughs> oh, the guy from Friends, Brad Pitt. Was Sean Penn on it? He was, right? I don't know. Phoebe's I don't... boyfriend? Maybe. I need to look that up now. Okay, well, look it up and we'll report back. Right, friends and enemies. <laughs> it's time to wrap this one up. So, oh, by the way, Sean Penn was in fact in Friends. I thought you were just going to cut that part out. Nope, that's completely staying in. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Penn played Ursula's boyfriend who falls for Phoebe. Because they look at, alike. Because they look alike. Yeah. And they're at a Halloween party. Uh, but back to Die Hard. <laughs> well, we digress. Yes, back to Die Hard. Uh, I would say I, I can't believe that it had been so long since I'd seen this movie. And it really should be a crime. I mean, th- this should be put on the list of everybody's Christmas movie to rewatch at Christmas. Yeah. Alongside with It's a Wonderful Life and Home Alone, Alone and Elf and all that. All the great Christmas movies. This one definitely fits it. It's got Christmas music in it. <laughs> it's got explosions. It's got lights. humor, and, yeah. lights. He's got Romance. a dead, dead body with a Christmas message written Santa on Claus it. Santa Claus is in there. Santa Claus. Fucking trees. cocaine. Kick. Hans Bubby. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking has everything. This movie is so incredible and awesome. And I'm very glad that I that I got to watch it again. So I'm definitely going to make it a tradition to watch it over and over every Christmas. How about you, Kat? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's going to be our new Christmas plan for this year. Yes, think, yes. Yeah. So if anybody out there wants to join us in Christmas or even earlier, we definitely would recommend that you give Die Hard a second viewing. Thank you for listening, and I am Gully. And I'm Kat. And have a good one. (laughs)